It is Tuesday, February 28th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. I owe LeBron James an apology. And the Bears may be moving the first pick. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. A couple of injuries impacting the NBA's playoff race. A quarterback release, then the top pick for sale in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with my apology to LeBron James. Uh, LBJ, if you're listening, which I know you do, big fan. Thanks, man. Uh, no, I'm saying you're a big fan of us. I understand, you know, and I thank you for being a big fan of us and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatnot. That is cool of him. He gave us so, a five star review. Yeah, shout out on the shop, I especially like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, on yesterday's show, I, I, yeah, okay, I mocked LeBron James's injury. And the, and the way that he reacted to his injury, uh, and I made fun of him for saying that he heard a pop because he finished the game, and uh, the Lakers win, and it was a big win. We talked about their playoff chances, and I said, oh, LeBron's such a drama queen. He's a hypochondriac. He overreacts to everything, and he really is just milking it. Well, we find out now that uh, LeBron is going to probably be out several weeks with this right foot injury. Mackenzie, what can you tell us about the uh, latest information we know about LeBron's foot? So nothing's for certain. Uh, expected or feared is the wording that ESPN uses to be out several weeks. Undergoing further testing, it's very much like the time he came back from that sprained ankle, hit a three, scored 10, extended his record-winning streak or 10-point scoring streak, and then didn't play for two months. He mm. came back, he won a huge game, the largest comeback of his career, largest comeback in Lakers history since like 2002, and everything seemed fine. Everything like he he like he gutted through it, but now we're getting news. I, I, I'm not sure that it's it's for certain that he's out several weeks the way this is worded, though. And and remember, he, he was the one who said, these are the most important games of my, or, or most important regular season games of my career. Now, obviously, going to be missing some of those. And remember, he missed the games before the All-Star break, but that was with a left foot injury. This is his right foot. I mean, listen, this is something we've got to consider. LeBron James, 38 years old. Mm. Like, you know, and while he does a lot of really awesome things for a 38-year-old man, he's still a 38-year-old man. And... It's, what are you trying to say, bro? I'm a 38-year-old man. I, I'm saying uh, Father Lies. Father Time is un, is undefeated, <laughs> and he's coming for you. Uh, and he'll come for LeBron. He'll come for us all. Well, you got to figure with uh, you know advances in modern technology, I can li- you know live till at least 105. No, no, I assure <laughs> you that's not the case. Uh, but listen, this is. I think you you apologizing to LeBron is fair because. I, well, you know what, I, I kind of do too. I, I, I thought it was yeah, you nonsense. You hopped on too. You're not sure. in this thing. But now, in hindsight, it's like, man, this dude played on what was clearly a pretty injured foot, finished the game, and came back and won. Like, we got to give it, it. He gets more credit for the comeback now. He does. Than he was going to. Like, I thought he was like just trying to pretend, like, you know, make this injury a bigger deal than it was. Mm-hmm. So the comeback felt more impressive. Well, now the comeback does feel more impressive. He, he. If he was trying to trick us, it worked. Yeah. So 
here's my question. Mackenzie, your thoughts on this. So right now the Lakers are 29-32. and 32. They're a half game out of the 10 seed. They are two and a half out of the 6 seed. They have 21 games remaining on their schedule. They have the fifth easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. Without LeBron for, let's say, let's say it's not weeks. Let's say it's 10 out of the 21 games LeBron misses. Can the Lakers still find their way up the standings with that strength of schedule without LeBron James? Yes, because they have to finish 10th. With with LeBron James missing significant time, you're, you're telling everyone, okay, if we need to get into the tournament and we have a chance. Pretty hard to win two road games as a 10th seed, but it's totally doable if they're intact. If they have LeBron James, right. yes. And you said yesterday, like Anthony Davis feels like he's playing some really good ball right now. Maybe that helps their well, chances he becomes to the hold focal serve, point right? Now. To start the season, Anthony Davis was playing like as good as he did in the bubble. He was like amazing on offense, amazing on defense. Then he disappeared for two months. For an afternoon, was it Saturday? It, it looked like Anthony Davis was back. I'm not sure how it happened that he came back out of nowhere, but if he's playing <laughs> like that, he's one of the best players in the league. The Lakers, since LeBron arrived, are 37%. Straight up, mm -hmm. when LeBron doesn't play, that doesn't bode well for them. But I mean, they build their team around having one forward playmaker. They don't have a lot of. They don't. You don't want D'Angelo Russell being your number one playmaker, and that's the option. Without him, he's by the way doubtful for the next. I was going to say, well. yeah, he might not even be around. So I, I got to be honest. Am I crazy for liking the Lakers plus eight and a half tonight? I think maybe that line is an overreaction to the LeBron injury news. It's definitely a reaction to the injury news. Well, yeah, it's not an overreaction. You're right. It's not I mean, an overreaction. If you're betting it, then you're saying it is. Well, what would this line have been, you know, if LeBron were playing and they're at the Grizzlies? What's the line supposed to be? Probably six and a half. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like it's that big of an adjustment. It, it opened up four and a half. Uh, so four points. Yeah, so a four-point move at this point in his career. I think with the motivational edge where they say, okay, we got to win one for the Gipper here, it's a little less than maybe the four and a half, five that he used to get. I think maybe people are – I think this line goes up. I think people are going to bet on the Grizzlies because there's no LeBron James, and they're going to think this is an easy blowout win for the Grizzlies. And I think Anthony Davis – you know what? Maybe the way to play this is just Anthony Davis overs, just Anthony Davis props. The, he's going to be the – full. or uh, we said D'Angelo Russell's uh, questionable. Uh, he's, D'Angelo Russell's actually doubtful versus the Grizzlies. Doubtful, okay. Maybe it's just hit, just hammer all of uh, Anthony Davis overs. I don't know. I'm always worried when you have one big guy that is your main focus because he can't pass the ball to himself. So if, if the other team, like the Grizzlies, make it a point to deny him the ball, they can do that. Points, rebounds, assists, 43 and a half. Anthony Davis. That seems doable. 25 points, 11 rebounds. That's 36. Seems kind of high. I don't know. Mm, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What about? Sorry, I wish I gave you something a little more bettable. Anthony Davis minus 325 to have a double-double. That is that. That's more talking my language now. Yeah, because he's going to be out there. We know that it's not going to be uh, rest and rotation. He's not going to get a lot of his rebounds taken from him by LeBron. It's going to be a lot of Anthony Davis all over the place. So oh, double double, got to lay three hundred or maybe just over eleven and a half rebounds. Is the way, way I'd take it. Numbers now twelve and a half, ah. and it's juiced to the over minus one fifteen. Cockroaches. Yeah, points is twenty seven <laughs> and a half minus one twenty five to the over for Anthony Davis. Well, that's obviously the biggest story in the NBA right now is LeBron's injury, but it wasn't the only injury news that we got on Monday. We also found out that uh, Mello, actually, I can't call him Mello. 
It's he's, love mellow. Yeah, I can't. I know. I know that like people in Russell Charlotte, Lambeau. people in Charlotte do though, and like you go on Twitter and you see all the 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 Hornets reporters and everyone refers to mellow, mellow. Lamelo is not mellow. Carmelo Anthony is mellow, but Lamelo Ball is going to be out for some time as he has suffered a fractured right ankle. How damaging is this for the Hornets? This is the greatest injury in the history of the Charlotte Hornets. They needed it. They won five games in a row. Michael Jordan called upon high and said, I need my best player to take a few weeks off, and that's what they got. He's not going to be there the last 19 games, and they actually are going to have a better draft pick because of it. I mean, let's let's talk about this because we were, we were discussing a week ago the teams that were sort of in the, the Wimbiyama sweepstakes, and it was four teams. It was Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, and Charlotte. Like, what are these dummies doing? They've worked themselves <laughs> out of that conversation. It, like, it, it almost is like they said, hey, even if he's not hurt, let's just tell everybody his ankle's broken. He's That's resting. That's the weird thing, though. You're like, you know how Gordon Hayward had that injury? He fractured his ankle. Yeah. Dwayne Wade's crying on the sideline. Jay Crowder shaking his head. This was the exact opposite. He went to the sidelines. He walked to the sidelines. They asked the Hornets players after the game, like, yeah, it's a tweak. I hope he's back next game. You know, sucks that we didn't be able to finish the game with him. No, he actually broke his ankle, apparently. You know, they tell him <laughs> after the fact. Kind of suspicious. Yeah, know. it's wild. Uh, so he yeah, he's gone right now. The Hornets are not a good team. Uh, you look at the standings. They are the second worst team in the East at 20 and 43. Well, they just beat the Pistons. That's, that's, their, that's their competition. Who's the worst team? Yeah. But they are currently in possession of that fourth spot in the draft lottery. I think they're eliminated from the uh, the top three conversation. Like, they're going to have less ping pong balls unless than the top they, three. Unless, tough. unless they tough. just start losing all these games now. They have 19 games remaining. What if they go What if they go three and 16? Do, do you think that the Pistons are going to win eight games? Do you think that the the Rockets are going to win 10 games? No. Like, the, the pro, those teams have figured out how to properly tank this year. The Spurs and the Rockets have this figured out. They're, I, I keep saying this. I am fascinated for the matchup where it, it, it's coming <laughs> up. These two games back-to-back where it's March 4th and 5th, Saturday and Sunday, Houston at San Antonio, San Antonio at Houston. I want to know who wins these games. I want to know if they have a gentleman's agreement to split. Like, because I, neither one of them wants to win games right now. It doesn't make sense to win games right now. That's why. I, that's why I was saying Charlotte. I don't know what they're doing. They've a five being five games ahead of those bottom three at this point in the season. Those other teams aren't going to win five more games this year. You're not catching up with them. So right now, if you look at the remaining strength of schedule for these bottom teams, uh, the Houston Rockets have the 17th strength of schedule. So they're right in the middle of things, right, with their opponents that have left. Uh, Detroit. The 22nd strength of schedules. They have an easier schedule remaining uh, for their remaining games that they have. So that would give them the leg up over Houston. And San Antonio, I believe, is, oh, they're right there, 16. They're right above Houston. So if you were to pick one team to have the worst record, uh, it might be San Antonio, the most difficult strength of schedule remaining out of those three. It is the Spurs to me. I, I think that they've shown the most willingness to just do absolutely nothing like the Rockets. There's, there's a GM in Houston who's trying to save his job. Like everybody in San Antonio knows that they're safe. They've lost 16 straight games. I mean, you have to you have to try to lose that many in a row. Covered think, three of them. You would think that just, just by default, they would backdoor into a win. Yeah. Just it, accidentally. But like, 
The Rock, oh. the Rockets are in a weird spot because Steven Silas, they don't. I mean, he doesn't. He can't possibly feel safe in his job. Uh, Greg Popovich knows I'll be here next year if I want to be here. He's the only one who's got that. Like I can lose all these games and still be good. Uh, it, nobody else has that advantage. I think. I think the Spurs end up with the worst record. Uh, and you know what? If the Spurs end up getting Wimbiama, good luck to everybody in you know the next five to ten years. As long as Popovich is there, he's going to make that guy into a monster. <laughs> uh, here's what we have on the schedule tonight. Uh, Quinn Snyder's Hawks will host the Wizards. Atlanta laying six points. Is this his first game coaching? I believe he's going to meet everyone during layup lines is the idea. No, he's supposed to be there as the coach, yes. So do we think the Hawks get a boost with their new head coach? I think they still have a boost or some energy from uh, – Having a coaching change, have played well the last couple of games, but I think the market's well aware of it now. This was four and a half by my numbers, and they're already ticking up to six. Yeah, because maybe players want to play for their playing time. They want to show their coach. Yeah. He's not going to be doing much coaching. He's probably just going to sit back and just watch the game and take mental That's notes. That's what Jason Kidd does. <laughs> I'm just like you guys. I'm just watching the game. What am I supposed game, to do? Huh? What yeah. am I supposed to do? Coach these guys up? I'm just watching. Uh, also, with a possible boost, uh, the Bucks are taking on the Nets. Milwaukee laying five. Maybe Milwaukee plays hard for their new owner. Yes, according to reports, Jimmy Haslam, as well as, I guess, the rest of the family, the the owners of the Cleveland Browns, are buying the Milwaukee Bucks, or at least the portion of the Milwaukee Bucks that Mark Lazary owns. $3.5 billion is what the Haslams are paying for the Bucks. Nothing That's the valuation of the franchise. They're paying for a 30% or so share. Oh, okay. okay. Only $800, $900 million. It's different. Gotcha. Yeah. Nothing says this guy knows how to run a winning organization like the owner of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> buying your team. It's like, oh, Didn't they win shit. a championship? They moved to Baltimore and win a championship a couple years? Oh, that was different? Different yeah, ownership. Different ownership, different yeah. ownership yeah. unfortunately. There you go. Uh, the Bulls are at the Raptors. Toronto laying five. Any interest in that one? Yeah, the Chicago Bulls have played really well since the All-Star break. I think uh, they're trying to save some jobs out there in Chicago. Nice. Uh, we already talked about the Lakers-Grizzlies. That's on TNT without LeBron James. Uh, eight and a half is the spread. And I think we should be looking at Anthony Davis overs uh, because but the, the cockroaches are juicing that naturally. Nuggets at the Rockets. Denver laying 10 on the road. And I guess AJ's all over Denver, right? Yeah, what are you going to do? Bet the Rockets? That'd be dumb. Play the first half. I mean, they're going to be coasting at some point. I think if you're going to isolate when they're going to be up by 10, first half's the way to go. What about Jokic triple-double? See, I don't like it because the blowout potential is too high. Uh, so maybe later. he doesn't play. Yeah, this burned me earlier in the month. Jokic against the Clippers where he's playing 40 minutes, yeah, he's going to get you 50 of everything. Kings are at the Thunder. Sacramento laying two and a half on the road. Why is Shea Alexander not playing? What's the injury? How is it possible that he gets this foot injury at the beginning of March every single year? Uh, I'm very suspicious. I'm very disappointed in my thunder, by the way. Since the All-Star break, resting these guys, I would look at the Kings. Okay, you got the Pacers at the Mavericks. Mavericks off the getting bitched out by their coach. What kind of effort are they going to show up you with? you got to figure that this is a monster effort from Dallas at home. Maybe. Especially against Rick Carlisle, former Ooh, Mavericks coach, yeah. and his boys up to, down to Dallas. What do you think of Dallas' first half because of the motivation to you know, build up a lead from the uh, last game that they just saw? 
Oh, they're motivated to build up a big lead or maintain 48 minutes of concentration? I think probably both. Mm. Uh, so I would look at I would look at either one, three and a half or a seven. Jazz nine point favorites over the Spurs. So I guess we're laying it with the Jazz, and uh, it'll be the first time that I actually bet an NBA game this year with my own dollars, and uh, the Spurs will win this one outright because that's what happens. <laughs> and yeah. I'm I'm be shocked. So they were up by ten in the second half versus the Jazz the last time they played. They lost 16 in a row. They're not going to lose 29 in a row. Maybe not. I don't know. Warriors at home, they've got to win, right? Yeah, I mean, they win at home. That's what That's they do. That's the move, yeah. But also, what it's Draymond Green's status. So he had an MRI that they said came back clean, but he is questionable for the Warriors game tonight. So if Draymond doesn't play, does this spread tick down at all? Yes, for sure. I think it probably ticks down a point uh, at this point. They don't, they don't have that many guys on defense. Although the Portland Blazers, you know, the Trail Blazers do not hurt you as much from the perimeter as much as from guard position. Is it a Damian Lillard fade spot after the 71 points? Yes. I, I mean, in general, they're going to put it too high. That's what they do. Yeah. So Lillard. Actually, I'm curious to see what that is. If we look at Lillard points prop in this right now, it is at 37 and a half. Oh juice to the over. you got to be freaking kidding me. I might, I might have to play that under. That's like... Like an, I mean, that's like an, I don't think I've ever seen that number before. It's too high. It's too high. <laughs> 30, it's too damn high. What's, what's he? What's I don't he aver- think I've ever seen that number? So what's high. he? A- he's averaging thirty-two point uh, something this season. Thirty. I know he's been hot the last month. Thirty-seven yeah. and a half is his total. That's crazy. That's unreal. I mean, it's unreal that people are like, "Yep, I'll bet it over." Yeah. Right, fifty percent action either way. So in February, nine games, he's averaging forty. Still though, that's nine games. It's not a big sample. You put and it it's the Warriors January. And, yeah, it's a playoff game. Yeah, pretty much. I think Warriors, especially if Draymond plays, maybe he puts him on his ass. I don't know. Uh, the final game of the night, the TNT doubleheader game, uh, Timberwolves at the Clippers. The Clip Show laying six. Clippers offense has looked amazing with Westbrook and Toe. They got to pick it up defensively. I don't think they this happens here. I think it's up and down game. I look at the over. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, maybe the over, right? Maybe the total in that game? I think so. That's not a bad way to look. What are we sitting at right now for that game? I believe it's at 233 between the Clippers and the Timberwolves. Shocking news in the NFL as the Washington Commanders have released quarterback Carson Wentz. No one can believe that this has happened. Carson Wentz being shipped away from a football team (laughs) that didn't want him for the remainder of his contract. I've never seen such a thing. What do we make of this decision? Is anyone surprised by this? No. No. McKenzie sent an intro when this happened. McKenzie sent us the he gets the breaking news emails and he, he forwarded it and was like, what, what's the over-under on, you know, starts going forward for Carson Wentz? And it it's a really interesting question because Carson oh, I, Wentz— I, I, I'm, I, I am going to call it right now. Carson, Carson Wentz starts 16 games next year. What? Yep. In the NFL? In the NFL. Tell. Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. I was going to say, Frank Reich is probably the last guy that believes in him more than anybody else. I'm not sure if he Sam wants to Darnold, his wagon again, though. Yeah, Sam Frank. Darnold or Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, but Stroud. Carson Wentz literally got. <laughs> I mean, who, uh, who, uh, um, uh, Matt Corral, Matt Corral, or Carson Wentz? Matt Corral, really? I, I know that Carson Wentz stinks at football now. Okay, and this is the. Other I don't thing. even know that. I just know that he was universally disliked by his teammates and wasn't good. What you said, it's a bad there, combination. This is the big thing to me. If you 
like, and I've never heard one of Carson Wentz's teammates say something nice about him. <laughs> yeah, well, like, th- it, this is what I think happens. I think Wentz is he's he's going to go to the Panthers. Okay, Frank Reich's probably the only guy in the NFL that believes that this guy can play. He's going to go there, and he's going to go there as a backup. But he's going to wind up being the starter when they go throughout their offseason workouts and training and whatever and get ready for the preseason, and they realize that the quarterbacks on their roster absolutely suck. And then Frank Reich is going to be like, shit, I think Carson Wentz gives us our best chance to win. So I think if you're Frank Reich and you're going into this season with Carson Wentz, you absolutely have to draft a quarterback that your fans can believe is the future. Because no Carolina Panther fan wants to look at Carson Wentz and go, this is the next five years of our football. I don't think – like, Frank Reich's got to start off hot in I Carolina. Think, I think he go, they go into training camp with Matt Corral and Carson Wentz fighting – or I guess you throw Sam Donald in there as well – fighting for the, uh, the top spot with the fan base hoping that Matt Corral's the guy. Objectively, I think he's the best quarterback of those three. I mean, what he's shown on the field for sure – so can he redeem himself to the team? I mean, maybe if Frank Reich is vouching for him, I'm going to say he's going to have five starts next year. He's not going to start anywhere. Someone's going to get hurt, and he's going to come in. Over under five for me. I, I just I, I like your number more than his. 16. I can't see any place else where he goes besides Carolina. And uh, I just think that if you look at the Carolina's quarterback situation, I'd rather have Carson Wentz than anybody that they have. So that's why I think he'll be the starting quarterback. And then they'll look for, you know, because they're not going to a playoff team next year. And I, well, I mean, where's, where's Jimmy Garoppolo end up? He's been rumored possibly to Carolina. Jimmy G? Uh, who, well, who's the quarterback of the Jets? I don't know. Is it going to be? It, I was going to say, because I mean, musical chairs. If, if you're Derek it, Carr, if, don't you Derek, like? If it's Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're Derek Carr, don't you like the idea of playing for Frank Reich? I feel like if you're a quarter, a free agent quarterback or, or whatever, a, a quarterback who's looking to get traded, it feels like Frank Reich is where you want to land. The NFC South is where I want to land. That's a well. good point, too. Although you want to win did. a division, make a, host a playoff game. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, that's who. if they get a number one, if they get Aaron Rodgers, Let's just throw that out there. Aren't they the favorites? If they get a good quarterback, they're if, suddenly the favorites in a wasteland that is the Let's NFC think South. about this. If Derek Carr put the four NFC South team logos <laughs> in a in, in a bag and reached in and pulled one out and said, suddenly this is where favorite. I'm going, they become the favorite to win the NFC South, don't they? I, I think so. That's crazy to think about. They, they, Derek Carr could have that kind of power over a division. Yeah. Uh, well, I I think you are a playoff <laughs> team, Atlanta Falcons. All right. Well, who's going to argue it? Then he gets to camp. He's like, actually, I'm more of a Saints guy. <laughs> Speaking of power, the Chicago Bears have all the power in the upcoming NFL draft because they have the number one overall pick. <laughs> Lovey Smith is such a dope. I mean, he got fired anyway. I guess he knew he was getting fired, but he really he really boned the Texans on the way out the door by winning that last game. Well, but, yeah, you know, they, yeah, exactly. A lot of value out the door there. <laughs> so. I've gone on record. I think they should trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback number one overall. I think you reset the clock on paying a rookie quarterback. Yep. And three, three more years or yeah, two more years. Two more years. And we also have seen Justin Fields. We know he's an incredible runner. He has to develop more as a passer, but also his playing style is dangerous. He doesn't like the cold. He le- it, it, doesn't like the cold. But when you <laughs> said that out loud, when Chicago. you're when you're running so much you have the potential for injury. And so I think they should trade. Lamar Jackson never gets hurt. Oh. I think they should trade the Justin Fields and draft a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. The reports that came out yesterday is that Chicago is actually leaning towards trading 
the number one pick, not trading Justin Fields. I think the Chicago Bears are terrified to look foolish. And McKin- the way McKinsey worded it, it makes sense too. Like obviously you want to do you want to have the best chance to win. But I think the the Bears have seen enough flashes of brilliance from Justin Fields that if they were to move on from him and he ended up being good, they would feel dumb. Like they they would they would feel frustrated that they they had this guy, a first round pick, and they gave up on him before he matured. And I, I get feeling that way. Like you don't want to have egg on your face. You don't want to draft a guy in, in the top ten and then let him go win somewhere else. Do you like, think it changes the dynamic that the franchise has never had a good quarterback? They've never even had like Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is the best quarterback in Chicago Bears history. Rex like think about that. A lot of Bears fans hate Jay Cutler, and we have no problem agreeing with that statement. Yeah, is that crazy. Uh, how many times, guys, in the last twenty-two years? Do you think the number one overall pick has been traded before the draft? Uh, before the draft. Twice? I'm going to say twice. Two times. Wow. Two times in the last 22 years. It was Michael Vick in 2001. The Falcons moved up from number two to number one to Jared draft Goff. him. And Jared Goff in 2016, the Rams went from number 15 to number one. That's Oops. it. It's, this is very rare that the number one overall. It's so damn valuable. I just... What would you ha- what would they have to get for the number one overall pick? It, I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a big market for them because whoever likes C.J. Stroud, if they also like um, the other guy from Alabama, Bryce Young, they can just wait. You know, there's another much cheaper pick coming up where they can draft a quarterback. And it it always depends on the only thing I could see them doing is is the Texans moving up from two to one. That'd be ironic. <laughs> it's like you could have just lost the game. Yeah, yeah, but like that that would be the only thing that I could see happen because. I mean, for the Colts to go up from four to one, I, I, I don't know what they can give. Like you say, it's rare and there's so much value, but last year I think the Jags would have gladly traded out of the number one spot, probably for like much cheaper than a typical year, and been fine with it. I think yeah. it's all about is there a quarterback available that someone covets? Like no one's trading up to the number one pick to draft a wide receiver mm-hmm. or a defensive end. It, it's got to be – a quarterback, and somebody has to believe that that quarterback completely changes their franchise. Last year, that quarterback didn't exist in the draft, so no one was looking to trade up. A year where the Jags would have said, we've got a quarterback, we'd love to trade out of this pick, there was no takers. Nobody knew about Brock Purdy yet. That's true. This year, there's a lot of teams that would would love to have a a guy like Bryce Young, and that's assuming that maybe they like C.J. Stroud. I don't know who everybody likes, but – I, I see a lot of mocks with the Colts getting the number one picking, picking um, the Alabama kid. I guess Bryce that makes Young, sense yeah. in a dome, you know, a little bit less. Uh, I'll say this: prone. I showed McKenzie this picture. There's a picture circulating on Twitter yesterday of Bryce Young standing next to Drew Brees. Okay, good two inches shorter than Drew Brees. Wow, uh, it's he's leaning. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know, but he's, that angle. What, whatever. He's the, a short dude. He's not taller than Drew Brees. <laughs> is what I'll say. I, I'm firm with this. He is not taller than Drew Brees. Hall of Fame quarterback. And that's a scary thought. Like, not many guys Drew Brees' size have had success. And now we're oh, asking. Oh, but Baker Mayfield. That- no. But, uh, Ky- but Kyler Murray. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pro Bowl. Kyler Murray got a lot of money. Like, that's Doug cool. Flutie. That's cool. Remember that uh, kick? Yeah. The drop kick. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I, I don't know. I, I like Bryce Young more than the other quarterbacks in this draft. I am also not in love with any of these quarterbacks. I'm certainly not, like, trading multiple first-rounders to jump up three spots because I think that's the difference but, between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I don't believe you, that is the difference. But you would trade that for Justin Fields. 
I would trade multiple first-round picks for Justin Fields. What, what would you No. Rather, you would rather uh, – um, it's a known commodity. It, what's known about him? He's an incredible runner. Yeah, no, I'm not paying multiple first-round picks for a guy who's already used up two years of his his rookie deal. Like, I wouldn't give a single first-round pick right now for Justin Fields. I just think Chicago needs to trade him, no matter what. Draft draft Bryce Young, draft C.J. Stroud, trade Justin Fields. Don't trade the number one overall pick. Do not trade the number one overall pick. It's not going to work out well for you. I think in Chicago, because how rare it is to have a solid quarterback, the, the fans would revolt. Or, they love the kid too much. Do you really think, like, if if... If the Colts said, we'll give you the fourth pick this year and our first rounder next year for the first pick, you would say no if you were the Bears? What's the trade? The, the fourth pick from the Colts this year mm-hmm. and the Colts' first round pick next year. Yeah, I would do it. Hell yes. That works for both parties. I think both I think both teams would be satisfied with that. Like, if it, I think two number ones for the number one overall pick is like it's not an unreasonable thing to move down three slots – you, and you get an extra first-round pick from a team who, I mean, who knows what the Colts will be. They, they, they'll have a rookie quarterback next year. They could be a total disaster. So I, I think the Bears would be happy with that. And then just try and ride this thing out with Justin Fields. And if he doesn't work, guess what? You got two number ones next year to try and figure it out again. So Titans in 2016 traded the number one pick, right? They had the number one pick. They traded it away. Jared Goff goes to the Rams. The Titans wind up picking eighth overall. Who'd they get? Jack Conklin. The? The Jack Conklin. Offensive tackle. Um, I think maybe the franchise might have been better off with Jared Goff. You think? I don't know. Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff took the Rams, or was Jared Goff on the team when the Rams went to the Super Bowl? How Jared many, Goff was on the team. How many the Rams points did Jared Goff score in that Super Bowl? <laughs> Jared Goff was three. On, uh, three Jared points. Goff was, he, is, was Jared Goff the kicker? Jared Goff scored zero fucking points in that Super Bowl. <laughs> Jared Goff was on the was on the team that went to the Super Bowl. Jack Conklin, I don't know if he's been been in the Super Bowl. Uh, San Diego traded the number one pick to Atlanta um, when Michael Vick was taken number one. And San Diego wound up at number five, taking Danian Tomlinson. Danian Tomlinson. That worked out. I, I, worked think, out. I think it worked out for them. So hey, if if uh, the Bears trade down and take a Hall of Fame running back, PJ Robinson, I, I think, John Robinson, John Robinson, I think they'll be happy with the way that the possible trade will work out for them. Joining us this morning, as he does each and every week on SOVAM, is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, how are you, my man? I'd be better if my wife wasn't upset at her interaction with one of the local casinos. They say happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that didn't happen today, although I did make it up. I went to... um... Went over to Caesars and picked up some stuff for her, so that was. Did good. she get? Uh, did she get banished from a from a sports book? What happened? No, they, they caught her counting, so she can't. Yeah, play she's not allowed to play blackjack anymore. She, uh, <laughs> so she has to um, had some bills. All right, so I didn't. I happen to have no cash on me because, um, well, I was betting, and so I, I, I said, here, here's here's some chips at the M and, and the South Point. You know, go ahead and cash those. All right. No, South Point, no problem. In fact, you, she could have gone up, I'm convinced, to the South Point and cashed out $5,000 in chips. No problem, all right? She goes to the M, and it's like $700, but there's two blacks and there's a purple. Purple's $500 chip. So guess what happens when she's cashing her her, her purple chip at the M? What happens? They say, ma'am, uh, hold on one second. 
They, and they're they trying go, to do a tax form or something? Need to, a, need to see a player's card. Need to see a player's card and ID. And she's like, size. And she's like, all right, here it is. So I look up, we don't, we don't have any play for you. And she, I mean, she does play. She plays, you know, a little bit like on the slots recreationally. And she says, yeah, it's my husband's. He gives, he gave it to me. Oh, well, who's your husband? She gives my name. They pull me up. They're like, oh, well, we don't show any play for him, which is like, now, now I'm, now I'm like, and so they're giving her like, they're not going to catch this chip. It's one $500 chip. And it's just so like these casinos. I, I mean, I, I am like livid about this. I understand that they probably had some kind of robbery and people, not rivalry, robbery. And people like maybe stole some purple chips and now they've mm-hmm. got to count each and every one. And that's how, they, you know, part of that's the, your casino. That's the cost of doing business. All right. Someone comes up and she was not dressed like she was homeless. All right. You got to like make a judgment call. And the fact is that she's connected to me and I've got plenty of play the past year where I play recreational you know, over at the M where I would have buy-ins and buy and, and cash outs of $500. The fact that they said, Oh, well, we don't see any play again. What they meant was we don't see any recent play where mm-hmm. we're at a $500. Like I, I would say almost all of my play at the M is in the high limit room, you know, where there's obviously 500. It's just like, what? If someone's listening from the M, what the hell are you people doing? You know, fire whoever's in charge. Take that robot that you've got. Have you seen the robot? The robot in the parking lot. The robot yeah. in the parking robo lot. Robo security. You the ever robo seen this? security. No. Yeah, there's it, it, a robot. It's like a it's like a rolling. I've never ro- been to the M. What? No. Really? It's a nice casino. It's very nice. The Raiders. They, well, you they also do a good live job like on the other side of yeah, the M. Yeah, yeah. It's not my yeah, side. To of be yeah. fair, they do. They, they, the M does an excellent job. They've got this beautiful pool. They do a lot of things really well. They got like a nice like little Raiders. Um, for whatever reason, Todd Wishnev has like lots of comps over there, so we <laughs> eat there all the time. The Raider at, Grill at the Raider yeah. Grill. Yeah. Uh, they got the little big deli. They got the. They got a nice William Hill. You know, right there. Mm-hmm. They do a whole lot of things right. But this whole, you know, I'm not at the. I mean, and I wouldn't even go the El Cortez. I'm not at the Wild Wild West anymore. You know, little dumpy casino. Um, you got to be like, you know, a little like less stringent about like people cashing. A, and this isn't a five thousand dollar chip. This is a five hundred dollar chip at a carpet joint. Are you kidding me? To give someone a third degree? And it's then a little you, strange. And I then you find yeah. my ID and like, and then for them to say, well, we don't show any play. Well, I'll give them some play. You know, if that's the problem, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll play some more. Um, but you, 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 now what's to stop her? And if they gave her a hard time, what's to stop her to say, okay, give me one second, turn around, walk to the first table she sees, puts down that five hundred dollars exactly, and says, give me greens, please. They give her greens. She bets one twenty five dollars. She says, I'd like to color out. Exactly. And then he takes Nothing. her 475 no... and goes back to the counter. Exactly. And she even <laughs> said that to them. Like, listen, you idiots. If I was embezzling money, I wouldn't be. May I curse on this? I'm sure. Like, May yeah. I, f- I mean, if I'm if I'm an embezzler, I'm not fucking stupid. I'm not going to walk <laughs> up with my purple chips. I'm just going to wash them out at the tables and play and not and 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 like actually, it would be stupid to just play one hand. Yeah. You, you just play. You you come in like at a six deck shoe when you're like four and a half decks in. You or five and a, five decks in. You play four hands at a crowded table and they're shuffling. Six minutes go by. Grab your free drink. Oh, oh, I got a phone call. Boom. Then you cash yeah. out. You know the black and ask for black chips when you cash out. I mean. It's like it, it, it's it's just at some point it's just lunacy. The, it, it's kind of like the security systems they have that only stop like the residents from getting into the apartment because anyone that wanted to get in, you know, could circumvent the rules and be able to get in. It's like who, whoever's in charge of security. And there were other issues. You know, you you got to change your policy. And it, at some point, you know, if you're cashing out under three thousand dollars, just you got to just give the person take this photo if they think there's something suspicious about it. But you can't like make this like. 
a um, an ordeal. Like if they if you show your ID and player's card, take that information. Yeah. And then move on about your day. I would say screw you. My ID. You don't need my ID. It's a seven hundred dollars. Yeah. What know? if what if your wife said I don't have a player's card? What are you talking about for seven hundred dollars? Really? Yeah. That's, that is an odd. Uh... I mean, it's it's almost like. You know, you know, Scott was saying it's like you want to like. Now, I'll 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 be the first to admit that there have been times that I don't really want to, like, cash out some chips and like I love sports books because like there's nothing better like with the sports book is it you know likes me and for whatever reason the pit doesn't you know to go over and just drop those chips in as a deposit at the sports book and I certainly have done that on numerous occasions and it's clean. You know, another thing I do is um, that I love about a sports book is that let's say I get. Um, uh, set up, set up with my man. I pay him, or he pays me, and he drops, you know, a, he drops eight thousand on me, or something, or or fifteen thousand, and I just like walk on over to the sports book, a deposit, please, like like literally eight seconds after the transaction, mm-hmm. you know, and then have him run it through because that way that verifies the money. Because I can't tell you how many times that um, I have been shorted by one or two hundred dollars in that situation circumstance, and it's amazing when I tell the person who's paying me that that's exactly what I'm going to do. Guess how many times I get shorted. Ever. Mm. Shocker. All of a sudden, they're much better at counting what they're giving me. They take it to the, put it in the machine, make sure it's all good. Exactly. Take right. your little bricks, and there you go. You got funded in your sports book account. Well, I'm sorry she had that experience at the M. I've, I've never had anything but positive experiences there. And I, I like the and, M. And, and, and that was the place where I was honest about the $50 that was in the machine. So yeah. I, I've got, I got good karma there. Exactly. <laughs> the um, and, and, you know, the M, for, for those, like, I don't know Vegas. I live in Henderson. And so I'm driving in the Strip, and I go volunteer road at, at, or St. Rose. Either way, boom, to the I-15 if I don't want to go through the airport, which is an alternative route to the Strip. So it is right on my way. So it's so convenient to stop in, you know, and, and either pull money. I, I, I use William Hill as my bank now because I can't use the <laughs> South Point. Nice. Thing. The South Point was better because I drive right past the South Point also. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hard to use them as my bank when I'm not allowed to, you know, bet on sports there. Well, know? the M is better because the parking situation. Because you can park on the side and go into that door right by the deli to walk right into the sports book. And you park. Uh, that's my biggest beef about the South always Point. Always parking. And you the park South the, Point's in South well, Point. You got to double park illegally and just run in and place your bets. My the, my biggest beef about the South Point is the only reason I want to go in the South Point is to play poker or to bet sports. Mm-hmm. What about the dollar fifty hot dog? I don't it's like hot dogs. The line's too long. And the line is too long. Mm-hmm. But Maybe the the parking garage. The is, is, on the is on the opposite, opposite side, side yeah. of all. Oh, you never, you never use the parking garage. Well, the parking you, lot it, it fills up. You go. What you want to do the, is you want to go just south of the property, where, which is the um, the condos, uh-huh. and you can always get a parking spot right there and walk in if, okay. the, if the parking lot's full. Mm, that's a good tip. But yeah, the M is just so easy. You pull into that side parking lot right there, and you, it's a two second walk right into the door by the deli. Play going to and, the going to the book. And as far bets. as I don't know what they call it double parking, but parking on the curb there, there's always that curb that's right mm-hmm. there. And you, you leave your blinkers on and, and Yeah, but, but there's always spots. The yeah, whole yes. lot is empty. And yes, they have the robot. It wasn't the, the one the you one have to go the there, robot. Yeah, the robot's the robot. cool. Yeah. The um the one thing about the um the one time it wasn't open, there was they they had they actually had a big name band mm. and there was not a spot open at the um. I can't recall who was playing. I know Nelly was there. Uh, it was Nelly. Yeah. It was the night of Nelly. Nelly was there, yeah. I, was I like think a, I like know. A big deal. I think I know who Nelly is. I don't know Lizzo still. Yeah. I hate when there's a concert and the the casinos change up all their pricing because there's a show in town. Like yeah. restaurants change their pricing, and the the prices not only 
change like leading up to the show. But like when the show's going on, you still have to pay the extra. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I went to Nobu, it was Adele night. Mm-hmm. Ad- Adele yes. had a show there. Adele's concert was happening while I was eating, but the the prices still were jacked still up jacked price, up. Yeah. But you got the park. But you got your parking comps. I did, but I'm saying I didn't get the uh, like I didn't I couldn't I didn't do the tasting menu because they had jacked up the price for the Adele concert. Oh, at Nobu. At Nobu. Really? Yep. Interesting. That's yeah. that's so right. yeah. It, I, I don't like that rule. I don't I don't like when casinos uh, when they do that. For, for those who haven't been to the the Great Caesars Palace lately, I will rank the restaurants in order. Um, price being no factor because they're all expensive. Nobu is number one. Uh, Hell's Kitchen is number two. That's a Gordon Ramsay joint. I would say the Bacchanal Buffet, three. And then I would go also really good Gordon Ramsay's, the, their beer pub area. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. That would be like number four. Um, and then, boy. What, I, is, uh, what about the steakhouse in there? Is it good? No. It, okay. It's capable. It's not. It, it's nothing special at all. It's just, it's, just, it's just another guy. It's just another steak. Okay. You, you know what Fezzik needs? Old Homestead. We no. need to. We also, yeah, I've been there. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's capable. It's, 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 it's a chain, though. There's, yeah. They're the same everywhere. Uh, Fezzik needs a Vegas lifestyle TikTok. That's all the rage now. It's is true. TikToks. We we should make Fez a TikTok where he does things like rate the restaurants at Caesars. It's not a bad idea. It's a genius idea. I mean, it is a pretty good idea, Fez. You know, my, my we're gonna have to hire somebody to imagine. I, I, I got to give I got to give a shout out to two guys. Um, some friends of mine. So George Meyer has this place, View from Vegas. Oh, not View. Um, Vegas. Mm, what's the name? Can you look? George Meyer. George Meyer. No, George I, Meyer. I know Scott from Vital Vegas. No, no. Oh. Look, look it up if you can. It's it's, it's George Meyer. Um, it might be Vegas View. He's got his own website that shows. I can't believe I botched this. I think. I wish I had his card. Anthony Curtis is the first Vegas guy. Vegas near me? Vegas near me. I am so sorry, George. Sorry, I've never George. heard of that. Vegas near me. It literally will give you, if you put in, I want Italian, and I'm mm. in the food court in in Caesars, it'll say DeFaro's is .1 miles away, and it'll show you, you know, as you fan out, exactly, it'll give you a floor plan of the casino. Show you, I like that. Show you how to find everything. So it's really, it's really Vegas near me. Vegas near me, yeah. Near me. Um, so that is just an outstanding site that you can go. If I get, it'll give you the hours of everything. You know, if you want to look for a kids show mm. and the like, and the and, and it really is a cool site. And Anthony Curtis, Las Vegas advisor, with all the different deals, always tells you go to Ellis Island because yeah. Well, that's um. I still haven't been to Ellis Island. Me neither. I, I still that. haven't been there either. I haven't yeah. been to Ellis. Island. But you saw, I went to Texas Day Brazil. Yeah, Texas. I like. I, I put it down the other night. Was, uh, <laughs> did you, I, I put did, a hurting on him. Now, now, so, so Texas State for those who don't, it's a Brazilian steakhouse in Town Center, which is a nice little suburb between the Strip and South Point. Um, would you say they make a profit off of you or take a loss? Mm. If I ate there without my wife, they would certainly take a loss. Exactly. The three of us went there. They're taking a loss. Oh. Oh my goodness. But the problem is my like. My wife, she she eats some meat. And she's like, oh, it just makes me feel so full. She also judges you, but yeah, well, she does obviously. <laughs> but my wife also has a couple glasses of wine, which is super profitable for the restaurant. It's good true, point. true, so true. that I, makes sense. But I can just picture her looking at you, going, "Are you really gonna have another serving?" Oh, I, yeah. I I, <laughs> I I literally you have to roll me out of that place. <laughs> you you really do. And I went. We went to a movie after. I went and watched Cocaine Bear, and. <laughs> It's funny because AJ said, I wanted to see Cocaine Bear like I know what the hell Cocaine Bear. I know, I know no more no Cocaine Bear than I know Lizzo. Do you have ESPN Plus? Yeah. 
then you've seen a commercial for cocaine bear. <laughs> there, it's unavoidable. Okay. But listen, I, about halfway through the movie, I finally, I, you know, I, I gave a little under the under the uh, under the noise belch. Mm. And finally felt like a normal human, like I could actually breathe. Well, most people don't consume eight lamb chops when they're also having prime rib. They had the lamb sirloin, so it was big, thick cuts of lamb. I, yeah, I punished them on that. Yeah, I want to go to that place. That's a good place. It's a good place. I, I tell you what, the Bacchanal, I was there the other night. And so there's nothing like a great Vegas buffet. And they, they had it going on. Beet hummus, lamb T-bone. Um, just mm. everything. You have Sounds like I need to try this place. Warm crab legs, you know. Th- 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 I love a good steamed. buffet. I, I and I haven't been in a long time, but like my I have a, my strategy is I make sure I get all three three meals at the buffet. This is so strong. I start off with breakfast. What what so what what what, what at, at six at night? What do you do for breakfast? Well, it, it, I'll get like an omelet and mm. and bacon and all that stuff. I'll get I'll get breakfast, then I get lunch, and then I get dinner, and then I get dessert. I make sure if I'm at a buffet, I get all the meals. So you of go the day. At like you go at like noon. Yeah, you, like a br- like brunch meals. time. Yeah, I brunch used to time. say breakfast was like a like you're not getting your value on breakfast, but now that eggs are like three dollars a piece, maybe you are. <laughs> well, the, the the play is to go like five minutes before the breakfast buffet closes, right before it turns and into then lunch. You, and then you go to the omelet station. You get your omelet. You know, boom. You get your bacon, your pancetta, whatever. You sit down, and boom. Now you're into the lunch. All right, and you know what? And lunch a lunch buffet is a dinner buffet mm-hmm. because they've got you know all, all, almost all of the same. Um, think maybe maybe they'll add a couple like things at night, like the the crab legs and the like. See, I'm bummed out because uh, <laughs> I moved here after the the buffet at Green Valley closed. So the buffet at Green Valley closed, obviously during during COVID. Very, very familiar with, and they yes. ne- and they never reopened it, and now they're converting it into something else. But I heard it was a great buffet. It's so close to me. I I, I would have gone. I would have been there once a week. And I taught you. How, I taught, and I taught you how to get it for free. So you cut the line with the line pass with the with, with, with the comp. With the stations, uh, with yours, with the stations points. No, you no, you 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 got to get you got to get a dinner comp for one. Even if you're like four buddies, as long as mm-hmm. your comp has a comp for one, it counts for everybody. Oh. So you just so getting it. Just please. Please give me one buffet. So instead of three hundred dollar pizza rock, I could have three hundred dollar buffet. That's the or move. Or three thousand. Yes, yeah. that's the move. <laughs> a, a, and 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 the one the one signature item that they did so well. So they had the crab legs, and they would what they did is not just that they'd grill the they'd steam the crab, and then you throw the steam crab onto the grill. All right, and then they'd throw cilantro, they'd throw hot peppers on there, they uh, they throw butter on there, they'd mix it all up. Smoke would be coming, and they mm-hmm. would cut they cut it up with a little thing so so you could you could actually get the crab open without having to be like a um, a medical student. Yeah, it was <laughs> I'm good. telling you, Fez needs a, a Vegas lifestyle tip. I'm down. I'm back down to 200 pounds, so it's like there you go. It's, it, it sounds like I'm eating all the time, but I, I only eat after dark. All right, now. To the XFL. Now that we've had the, uh, the around, what's it called, uh, Vegas near me experience. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Sorry, XFL George. this week. What was your biggest takeaway from week two of the NFL? What are you taking into week three? The scoring is phony. So we've been averaging thirty-seven and a half points per game, and it's all field. Um, the, the, the teams are getting really, really good starting field position because of the punt rules and the kickoff rules are favorable to getting a good starting point on the field. The offenses are really struggling. The defenses are ahead of them, and all the quarterbacks suck such that um, 
someone's going to wake up and say, you know what, they're scoring in this league, but there's there's no dynamic plays. Like if you're watching Sports Center looking for highlights, if you're not looking for pick sixes, you're going to be hurting. Yes. When it comes to the totals, then would you look at overs? Or are you still leaning towards unders for most of these games? I think they're properly priced for the most part. Okay. I, you know, I did I did play an under. I played San Antonio, Houston under just because um, I, I expect a lot of running from San Antonio. And then the underlying numbers on both those teams are such that um, they're um, just from a yards per play perspective, how they were going to get to 39 points. I don't know without they're going to need the def- defense to get not just one, but really to set up at least one and a half touchdowns to get there. Who's your top team right now after two weeks? The Houston Roughnecks. And I just bet them plus 350 to win the XFL title. I don't think anybody would argue with that. They seem to be the top team through the first two weeks of the season. So Houston Roughnecks, they're actually the second favorite to win the title. And my number two team, everyone will disagree. The the much despised Seattle Dragons and Ben DiNucci. Sea Dragons, not just the regular Dragons. I, You know what? I'm calling Orlando the guards, and I'm calling <laughs> Seattle the dragon. Puff the magic dragon. You, Fumbled you in the red zone. <laughs> you surprised D.C. is actually the betting favorite to win the title? I am surprised. Yes. You think Houston Houston's better than DC? I I do. I don't. I mean DC. I've let me see where I got the defenders. Yeah, I just have them as as a tied for third. You know, okay. nothing nothing special. I I thought that the they were getting completely outplayed week one and down they're down ten points and they got a defensive score in the third quarter against Seattle that turned the tide in that game. Seattle won those stats. 331 to 177 in yardage. So anyone who says Seattle sucks, they're 0-2. Well, if it was as easy as just looking at the win-loss records of all the teams, then we'd probably be playing Florida Atlantic to make the Final Four, wouldn't we, boys? (laughs) Well, I know that you had some beef with the college basketball RPI system, the the quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four wins. Yeah, so if you play, like, stop with the bullshit of the five quad one wins, you know? If you play 18 quad one teams and on average you're catching five, you know what? You should you should go, if you go five and 13, that's not impressive. That's like, meh. And so stop rewarding teams that are playing 18 quad one opponents and winning a quarter of the time versus the teams that don't get to play any of those quad one teams um, or play or play two of them and go one and one. If you play two of them and go one and one, that's more impressive than to play you know eighteen of them and go five and thirteen. Is it? I I I don't know if I feel that way. I mean, I, I think obviously you play that you play big boys over the course of a season. I mean, you're not going to win all those games, but uh, you're pushing yourself with your schedule and those. I mean, if you play that many you know solid teams, you're probably going to get worn down if you're a middling team. There's some of these teams that. Some, I, what I don't like is there's teams that are going to probably make the tournament that would be three or four point dogs to teams that will miss the tournament exactly. because of the, quad one wins. I, I like it as a tiebreaker. I like it if if you're if two teams are within two points of the power ratings, take the quad one uh, wins. That's fine. But if you're going to be a three point dog to a team that's going to be in the NIT and you get put into the tournament, that's that's just crap. That, that that's just disrespecting all reasonability. You want to get the best possible teams. Now I get it. It, this is not who the best 64 or 68 teams are. This is a, um, a you're evaluating how the teams did for the season and how good their season was. So I do understand that aspect. But if you're stiffing a team that is going to go 22 and six, and you're not going to put them in the tournament because a team is 15 and 13 with all these quad one losses, now I think you're just getting a little bit ridiculous. And I fully understand Northwestern isn't any good. 
and they're, but they're, they should get seeded better than Michigan State because they're going to have you know the better um, you know Big Ten record and the like and a whole lot of quad one wins. But um, there are certain teams that just people you know how they always say no one wants to play certain teams. There's teams everyone wants to play. Sure. Right? And Northwestern's one of them, in my opinion, right now. The Big Ten is fascinating to me because, like, M- Michigan's a great example. Michigan is the epitome of a bubble team right now. Mm-hmm. Michigan might finish second in the Big Ten. <laughs> like, that's a real possibility. They could finish second in the Big Ten and not make the tournament. Another team that, that won by because their other team's too stupid to foul. It's like, like, how are these people getting college educations? You know, it's like you're up three, all right? You foul. You guess what? You're going to win the game. I don't know if it's 95%. It might only be 93%. Why has no one done the math on this? Everyone says that everyone's got a firm opinion on should you foul up. Three exactly. No one has the exact math. Because on I think you have wins. to it, – it, it's variable by how much time is left on the clock. Right, but let's say in the, in the final five seconds mm-hmm. – Last possession. Last, but let's say there's three seconds left. I'm going to take the extreme, okay? There's three seconds left. And I understand these are stupid college students, and they're going to foul every now and then a, t- a guy that's actually shooting. The problem shooting. is when there's – yeah, exactly. That, that's the point. When, oh, well, there's, well, when there's three seconds left and all you can do is catch, take two dribbles and shoot, the odds of you getting fouled before you're in the shooting motion are, are rare. Well, just, you're probably going to be in the shooting well, motion. Well, for God's sakes, put off freaking five guys on the three-point line and give up the uncontested dunk stuff. What are you doing putting the guy under the basket? It's irrelevant to three, with three seconds left, but I, I digress. Um, the point is just right up on a guy right as he's receiving the pass before mm-hmm. he could possibly go in the in the shooting motion. Also, Here, I do, tell I, the ref. Yes, just say, tell hey, the ref. Yeah. I'm going to intentionally foul. foul. No, I'm going to I'm going, oh, yeah. to, I'm yeah. going to foul I'm play, him I'm going to play as very soon aggressively. as he catches yes. the ball. I believe an intentional foul is not like, that's wait, not the move. Wait, yeah, and you can't move. foul before the inbounds, yeah. right? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So um, the, the, here's the math, though. The math is really clean in terms of if you don't foul. If you don't foul, the other team makes the three about 30% of the time. Would we agree? Point yeah. three? Yeah. And then they, assuming two equal teams, they win in overtime half the time. So they win 30% half the time. That's 15%. 15%. You win 85% of the time not fouling. I think, just as an estimate, I think you win about 92% if you do foul. I understand you could accidentally foul a guy that mm-hmm. chucks up a three and he gets three free throws. I still think you win most of the time anyway. It's almost— Well, because now a, you're calculating the percentage of even if the best free throw shooter is 93%, exactly. he's got to make three. Think, think about yeah. this. I'm almost—and he isn't. He's gonna, I'd almost, I'm almost indifferent between him the, the other team shooting a three or shooting three free throws. It's almost like one and the same because if, 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 if the guy is a 70% free throw shooter— then he's only gonna he's gonna make it about the same as he makes the three. Now I get it; he could make the first two and then miss the third and mm-hmm. lose, which like looks terrible. Um, but the, the the bottom line is it's gonna be so few and far between, and not many refs are gonna call a shooting foul on something that's clearly not a shooting foul. So you foul and you win ninety two percent. So the, so you can let your other team beat you fifteen percent of the time, or about half that, like seven and a half percent of the time, just mm-hmm. by fouling. And yet these old school fossils just can't get around part, and they won't practice it. I think home road also matters. If you're the home team, you foul the visiting team because now you get the crowd, you know, trying to distract mm-hmm. them at the line. Whereas if you're the visiting team, you let the home team just chuck it. I, th- I think, and if you're, um, and then if you're Iowa, you're going to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing about the Iowa game is that that. that that was a difficult situation because Iowa did such a great job zipping the ball and keeping mm-hmm. it mobile that the guy they wound up with the guy open. But it goes back to well, what the hell is Michigan State doing putting two 
big guys under the basket. There's not enough time. Have all five guys in the perimeter, and that guy wouldn't have been wide open. Mm-hmm. He splashed that three. I always wondered that. Like, why don't teams do a defense where literally you just have five guys standing on the three-point line with their hands up? It's the Hail Mary in football. They like, figure that it. out. Just, Everybody's just, in the end zone. Everybody no lock hands. Like, yeah. Like, like literally, like, touch, like, hold hands, touch hands. Just Red or, Rover, Red Rover. Yes, just, just separate yourself and hold your hands I up. I dare you to this. shoot over. Just By the way, anyone who's never arc. played Red Rover, if you're the wimpy kid, you always get sent over and you can never break through the uh. it, it sucks, yeah. <laughs> but now I got but now the guns are out and it's, it's, yeah, you But now no one's asking you to play Red Rover. Yeah, but if they do, I'm fucking unless it's Bernie Fratto, I'm going through. <laughs> when I was when I when I or Scott Seidenberg or AJ Hoffman. When I was playing high school football, my job on special teams was the wedge breaker. Oh god. So I ran down full speed and I had to throw my body at the four guys holding hands because back then you were allowed to form the wedge. Yeah, yeah. And that was my job was to break up right. the wedge so that the guys behind me could tackle. Right. And so it was just, it was like a car accident on every kickoff. <laughs> Did you ever make a tackle? <laughs> yeah, I made tackles. Oh, but, but even my, breaking the wedge? Yeah, yeah, because sometimes... Sometimes they, 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 they fall into the guy, yeah. 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 But I mean, I would throw my body sideways. <laughs> I would really duck my head and be very dangerous and just just bowling into four guys holding their hands trying to form a wedge. It was highly, highly dangerous. But they didn't care about player safety. Back so no, no, no problem with the XFL because one team are they in the thirty and the thirty-five or the twenty-five and the thirty? Do you guys know on the kickoff? They're thirty and five yards apart from each other. Yeah, the thirty and thirty-five, I believe. Yeah, so think about that in terms of so you so you, so you're kicking off. You got one dude that gets it on the fifteen. Yeah, thirty and, and thirty-five, and, and they can't move until the guy catches it. Right. So, yeah. so, 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 so think weird. about this. So, so you catch it on average on the like the fifteen, mm-hmm. right? The defense is on the thirty-five. Even if you had one on eleven. You're still going to get to the 25 on yeah. average because you're just going to go straight forward 10 yards. That's like the worst you should ever do is the 25 without no, with no blockers. I know there's a population of people out there that just say just give the neck, give the team the ball on the 25, no kickoff. No, this is fun. But it's fun. Exactly. It encourages returns. You never know. Sometimes maybe a guy will break one. I don't think – do you think we're, we're going to see a kickoff return for touchdown this I, year? I don't think so because it's kind of like it's it's the equivalent of like – think about it. It's, it's like the equivalent of, a, of on offense snapping the ball to a really fast punter and not being able to throw a pass. How often is he going to be? And, and you yeah. know he's running. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's, it's a fake a, punt. Yes. You know it's a fake punt. You know punt. it's a fake punt. There's no gunners. So now it's just 11 on 10 trying to go and tackle you. Yes. Well, oh, actually, it'll be 10 on 10 because the kicker's you know, you all bring, You there. bring up a good point because the defense really should have one safety. Like, their fastest guy, they're just in case. Well, that's the, the kicker's back there. So The kicker's yeah, back there. That's, y- that's y- the safety valve. Yes. And, you know, that's a good point. I never even thought about it. This is genius. So... They should teach someone's like Deion Sanders to be able to kick the ball because you don't have to. You don't have to be a good kicker. You just have to kick the ball, mm-hmm. you know, to the fifteen yard line have every an extra time. Person trying to and tackle. now you got a fast guy yeah. they can use as, as your safety <laughs> because that that is a skill that you could learn how to do. Although apparently Gronk couldn't even kick a twenty five yarder, so maybe it's not that not as easy as I'm making it out to be. Yeah, Gronk also couldn't defend the Hail Mary as uh, God, Patriots fans. My God, he looked like he was on yeah. roller skates. <laughs> well, Fez, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, you know, we know we have uh, a new episode of the Fezic Focus that is out, which is all about the XFL, including best bets for XFL Week 3. So you want to make sure that you listen to that podcast as well. More, uh, more food reviews. We'll do pizza next week. <laughs> Sounds good. There were two games in the top 25 last night, although – one of those teams, Iowa State, started in the top 25. It was a top 25 game at the beginning of yesterday. By the mm. end, it was no longer a top 25 game. And Iowa State would no longer be in the top 25 anyway. 
because they blow a lead at home to West Virginia, and they lose 72-69 at what home. The, the wheels are coming off. What was the spread in this game? For Iowa State. Iowa State minus four and a half. Oh, the Iowa State was laying points at home. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Oh, wow. And uh, Oklahoma State, a lot of people thought they might have a big showing against Baylor. They came back late, but they got they got torched early. They're just they were dead on offense again in the first half. Baylor gets a 74-68 win. Uh, Oklahoma State has now dropped five straight. They may be out of the tournament. Like this is a team that it was unthinkable that they wouldn't make the tournament three weeks ago. Now it, it's to me it's unlikely. That and you've proclaimed you will not bet. I will yeah. not bet Oklahoma State. I will not bet Oklahoma State. I will not bet Oklahoma State. <laughs> um, question. So, North Carolina won again last night. That's three straight wins for the Tar Win Heels. and cover on the road yeah. against Florida State. And, and that was a spot that you could, potentially could have had a letdown after the big win over number 6 Virginia. But with three straight wins now, they got one more game left in the regular season. That's the game against Duke. Uh, uh, you know, nice way to end the regular season. Do they need... A couple of wins in the ACC conference tournament to be safely in the big dance, or if they beat Duke last game of the regular season, you know that game is at uh, Chapel Hill. Are they in? Well, Carolina finally got a quad one win uh, w- w- by beating Virginia. They're now one and eight against quad one teams. You probably need to be. You need to have at least two wins. I think. They, I think they need to have one more. Quad one win. Would Duke, Duke's not a quad uh, one win. The problem is uh, Duke would be a quad one win. Really? The The problem is Miami. How bad is the quad one? Miami lost at home. That's no longer a quad one loss because now the Hurricanes have lost to Florida mm-hmm. State. They're a mess. They use Florida State at home. You drop quite a bit. So that home loss is no longer a quad one loss for North Carolina. So they were one and nine. They're now one and eight. Uh, but I, I do think North Carolina needs another win before they can uh, be locked in. I know we've talked about this before, but with a team like North Carolina that came into the season as the number one team, obviously with incredible expectations that they have not lived up to. Is that a play on team in the NCAA tournament? I don't think so. I listen to me. This is a a poorly coached team. This is a broken team. They, they are just not what they're missing that they had last year was Brady Manick, uh, who was a a big, who could kind of stretch the floor for them, uh, could give you an outside shot when you needed one. They don't have that anymore. And offensively, they're they're just not they're not efficient. They're not effective offensively. Like it's it's been hard to watch them. And this is a team that I kind of I I didn't have as high of expectations as it seems the world mm. did, but I had certainly higher expectations than what I've seen from them. And they they replaced Manic with Pete Nance. Everyone thought Pete Nance transferring in from Northwestern was going to be like this big coup for uh, for North Carolina. Hasn't worked out. He hasn't been very good. So you you just just replacing one big man with another hasn't worked out because the big man that they had last year did things that this big man just can't do. All right, let's run down this top 25 schedule for Big Tuesday as the uh, regular season is coming to a close here for many of these conferences around the nation. Let's see. Do we have any potential system plays? It's always the first hand? question. That is the first question. I, I got to see if there's any potential system plays. I think there's only and one. And we have one, folks. Boise State, two-point favorites at home, the Extra Mile Arena. 
That's a nice name. It used to be Taco Bell Arena, not as cool. That would be even, that's yeah, even better. better. Yeah. Well, now now I regret even congratulating or or, or pushing extra mile. Uh, number eighteen, San Diego State is on the road at Boise State and the Broncos minus two. Yeah, Boise very good on their home floor. Uh, San Diego State, another team that's very home court dependent. I would I like Boise here. My problem is, and the reason why I'm going to end up not betting it is because the game that they played in San Diego was just non-competitive. San Diego State won 72 to 52. I like a bounce back from a team that lost by mm. five. Yeah. When you lose a game by 20 points, there's clearly like a fundamental disadvantage that you have in that game. Both the, both teams shot poorly in that game. Boise shot 2 of 18 from 3. San Diego State only shot 4 of 18 from 3. So you you've got to think there was something here's what it was, the glass. 28 rebounds for Boise in that game. 36 for San Diego State. They cleaned up. They got what they wanted inside against against Boise State. Uh, I'd like to back Boise. I just can't here, just given that what I saw in that first matchup. We got a couple of uh, home dog situations. Ole Miss catching five, hosting number 24, Texas A&M, at the Sandy and John Black Pavilion at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is terrible, terrible, terrible. No one reacts to the name of the arena? I mean, come on. That's a, that's a cl- that's Say it a, one more time for us. It's the Sandy and John Black Pavilion at Ole Miss. Well, I'm sure they donated lots of money <laughs> for somebody. Important. One of these Thank days, you, Sandy what, and what, John what, Black. One of these days, I want to be so rich that I get you, the naming rights to a, a college arena or, or a field. You can do that. And I want. Are you going to handle those rights responsibly? No, I, I want to make so. like like so. like in Arizona, like 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 <laughs> where the Coyotes play hockey at Arizona State, yeah. the, mullet, the arena. mullet arena. Like I want to create the most asinine name <laughs> for a sporting event arena. I mean, here in in Hend- Ram fifteen here in Henderson Dollar Loan Center is is a company that is the sponsor of the arena, and we talked about how it doesn't make sense. The arena is called the Dollar Loan Center, but the company's but the called, company's the, Dollar called Dollar Loan Center. Dollar Loan Center. So it should just be the Dollar Loan Center Center. It's a bitch when you're looking at up on Google Maps. Yeah, I mean, it, really, it really is. It really, Which yeah. one do you mean? Yeah, exactly. But anyway. like, if you type in parking garage MB, MGM, it usually takes you to the park MGM. It's it, <laughs> there's, there's some things that you just you got to be better with yeah. your naming. But I want to buy the naming rights to a place and make it the the most ridiculous name ever. But congratulations to Sandy and John Black, however much they donated because they own the pavilion now at Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss. It, what the, what they bought was a bad basketball team, and particularly <laughs> a bad home basketball team. Uh, they won their third SEC game this season, their first game in front of their home fans this season against LSU. Uh, their wins now against South Carolina, Georgia, and LSU, the worst teams in the SEC. A&M is not one of the worst teams in the SEC. Uh, I would It would be A&M or pass for me here. Another home dog at the classic Hinkle Fieldhouse, uh, which will host the NIT semifinals and finals next season, 2024. This year, 2023, here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Uh, number six, Marquette, eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Butler. Uh, it would probably be a Butler look for me. Marquette's wrapped up the regular season Big East Championship. If there was ever a time for them to uh, slack off, to slack off a little mm-hmm. bit, it would be here. So uh, I'm not in the. I don't like Butler. There's a lot of people. They have two regular season games left. Yeah, there's a lot of people who go back and forth. Like there's some people who are convinced that Butler's like a, a good team. 
I'm convinced they're not only not good, like they're actually bad. Mm. So will they play any postseason outside of the conference tournament? Like no, or anything? no, I don't think so. They've, they've they've got a losing record. They're 14 and 15 overall. They're six and 12 in the Big East. They're just not good. Uh, Marquette They're playing like the CBI. This yeah, could be their Super Bowl. It could. Be, yeah, I think it's a big game for them. So uh, is it their last home game? You look at the schedule they play. Yeah, this is their last home game. So it's senior night, right? Yep. They and then they it, play yeah. at Xavier, the final game of the season. So maybe Butler is the play, plus the eight and a half. Yeah, and that'd be the, the only play I could make there. And uh, I don't know that – I guess they do – I was going to say, I don't know how many – Manny Bates is a uh, senior there at Butler, and so is Eric Connor. So they've got a – I was going to say, I don't know if they have any seniors. They do have a couple seniors that get good playing time. Number 13, Virginia hosting Clemson at the John Paul Jones Arena. Not John Bones Jones, but John Paul Jones. Uh, UVA laying six and a half at home. This is a bounce back for them after losing that game to North Carolina. It is, but it's also – an important game for Clemson, who started out really hot and went through a really bad run, uh, and they, they kind of look like they're getting their form again. They beat the snot out of Syracuse last week and then got a good win at North Carolina State. They've got some good positive momentum now. Uh, Virginia, I, I don't know that they should be laying six points to to you know ACC teams right now. They're, they're not playing their best ball. Uh, th- that The North Carolina loss was one thing. The loss against Boston College last week was really an eye-opener for me. And if you go back even further, they just edged out Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame's bad. Before that, they beat Louisville by three. Louisville's an absolute disaster. Uh, before that, they went to overtime with Duke. Like, they're just – they're not running well right now. So, it's it would be Clemson or pass for me. We have number 15, Indiana. They are coming off a, a, a nice win against Purdue. Darn it. Uh, I had Purdue in that game. Uh, is Indiana laying six and a half at home at the Assembly Hall? Not just any Assembly Hall. The Simon Scoached Assembly Hall against Iowa. Yeah, you can. You, there's still sixes available. It's open five. Money came in rightfully so on Indiana. Uh, Indiana, first of all, you don't want to fade Big Ten home teams, period. It's just it's not good business at this point. It's like 67%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Iowa coming off that miraculous win in cover. That's what I was saying. Like, Iowa – like one, th- it'd be one thing to say, well, Indiana's coming off the win against Purdue, doesn't get much bigger than that. And you're right, it doesn't. But Iowa, who was down a bajillion and came back and won the game, mm-hmm. uh, they've got to be on a real high. Iowa, I don't trust away from home, so it would be home team or pass for me. Number three, Kansas, nine point favorites at home against Texas Tech at Fog Allen. I think Texas Tech's done. I, I think that Texas Tech has has packed up their uh, their tents. They are. Calling it a season. They are not going to make the postseason. Uh, they made a valiant run, and then losing that game against TCU, that was a game. Had they won that game against TCU, it felt like maybe there was a reasonable shot for them to get a bid. Seems pretty unlikely now. I, I don't I don't bet against Kansas at home very often. I certainly won't be doing it with Texas Tech. And number 12, Tennessee, six-point favorites at home at Thompson Bowling Arena against Arkansas. The Razorbacks coming off a very impressive cover against Alabama, but I always fear teams that fought their asses off and came up short in their prior game. Yeah, Arkansas is a tough read right now. Uh, you're right. They, they they gave Alabama one of the best games anybody in the SEC has given them. Tennessee coming off a, bl- a 40-point blowout of South Carolina. That was the first time their offense has looked decent in, in a, a good while. This is the team that I do not trust offensively. Uh, so asking a team to cover seven points when I'm worried that they can even get to 70, 
it's not for me. I, it, Tennessee is so high variance. Like you, you might score 45 against them, but they might score 50. I, I just don't trust Tennessee as a favorite right now. We also have the first conference tournaments getting underway uh, tonight. Atlantic Sun got underway last night. What did oh, you miss me. out on? Atlantic yeah. Sun. Uh, sorry, I apologize. Atlantic Sun. Well, I was going to ask you about these tournaments getting underway. Atlantic Sun, who are you going with to win it? Liberty is your favorite right now at minus 230. Yeah, uh, Liberty is is the team to beat. They've been the team to beat the whole time. I will say Kennesaw is dangerous. Kennesaw is a dangerous two seed. Uh, if I was looking for a, a, a sort of a dark horse, Eastern Kentucky is a team. 16 to 1 Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky is a team that, that creates some matchup problems, although their first round game, the game they'll play tonight against North Alabama, it's like the one team in the conference that they don't give matchup problems mm. to. So if they can get through this game against North Alabama tonight, Eastern Kentucky could make some noise. All right. Sun Belt gets underway today. Who you got in the Sun Belt? Your favorite right now is Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, I do not trust. Because, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall doesn't play enough bodies. That's like, a Brady Bunch a, McKenzie. McKenzie, he's never heard of the Brady Bunch. Uh, no. I had a good night. <laughs> uh, I, I don't trust teams in these tournaments where you got to play every night. If you don't have depth, Marshall doesn't have depth. Uh, Southern Miss is probably the team I'm looking for in this tournament. Southern Miss, you can get them at plus 450. Uh, the Patriot League begins, and the favorite to win the Patriot League is Colgate. Colgate or bust. Minus 240. Is it Colgate or bust? Yeah, the, the, the rest of this conference is several steps behind Colgate. Like, Good luck if you want to bet against Colgate in this league. Navy's been playing good ball of late, uh, and they just beat Navy at Navy to finish their season off. Uh, this team went 17-1 and in conference. Their one loss was by one point on the road at American. I, I would expect them to, to cruise through this thing. And one other tournament getting underway, the Horizon League, where Youngstown State is a plus-170 favorite. Yeah, that's uh, there's not much value in Youngstown, in my opinion. I just have a hard time finding a team that I'm really excited to back in this tournament. I guess Northern Kentucky would be a team, or Cleveland State. Uh, but Youngstown's probably the likely winner, but that number's too short given, you know, there's. I think this is a pretty wide open tournament. And we got more conference tournaments. We'll get underway as we progress throughout the week. On Wednesday, you got the Big South getting underway, uh, the NEC. So we'll have all your conference tournament action uh, previews coming up throughout the week. And then, of course, once the big boys, and no disrespect to the smaller uh, conferences, but yeah, come on. No I mean, disrespect to the horizon. Yeah, no, no. It's But we Power 5 conferences are where it's at. So, uh, But, hey, everyone gets an AQ, right? An automatic qualifier. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. That's what makes the NC2A tournament a uh, thing to behold. I'll be honest. This weekend, and, and McKenzie will appreciate this, the Ivy League is is coming down to the wire. Uh, the Ivy League only gets well, – only four teams make their postseason tournament. Yale, Princeton, and Penn are in. Brown and Cornell are scrapping mm. for that last spot. Uh, Cornell really needs this. I mean, for their psyche. They, they haven't had a lot of wins last decade. Well, century. they've got the upper hand. Brown has to play Yale. Uh, Cornell has to play Columbia, which is kind of the free square in the Ivy League. So uh, one has to play the best team, one has to play the worst team. So if Cornell really needs this, they're in the position to get it. The NHL trade deadline is fast approaching, and the Chicago Blackhawks made a trade. Patrick Kane to the Rangers. Let's go. Nope, not oh. yet. Uh, <laughs> what they did do was they sent... <laughs> 
<laughs> they sent. Uh, but you promised, <laughs> right? We're gonna get into it. The Blackhawks sent defenseman Jake McCabe and forward Sean Lafferty to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who just continue to load up, and uh, that's why I picked against Chicago last night, even though they were playing against the Anaheim Ducks. Wouldn't it be great if Patrick Kane came back? And was like, I just left because I was tired of Lafferty. Now that they got rid of him, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm all in. Here. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, but without those two players, without Patrick Kane playing, uh, the Blackhawks clearly just decimated. They lose in Anaheim 4-2 to two to the Ducks. Now, Patrick Kane is not a Ranger yet. The target is tomorrow. Rangers play in Philadelphia uh, Wednesday night. That's the the target for Patrick Kane to be a New York Ranger. The holdup here is that the Rangers are still trying to clear the cap space so that they can fit Patrick Kane's money under the salary cap. So he's got $10.5 million uh, on his annual deal or whatnot. And the Blackhawks are going to be picking up, I guess, 50% of the deal. The Rangers, uh, that's the maximum, by the way, that's allowed under the CBA. And they're probably going to get like another team involved. So the Rangers can get a third party in here that could pick up uh, some of the money as well. Look, why would the Blackhawks do that? Are they like doing a favor to Patrick Kane at this point in his career? At that point, too. But it's also they'll be off the hook for at least, you know, if they pick up 50% of the money, they're off the hook for $5 million. Makes sense. (laughs) So, yeah. So the Rangers, they did make moves by, you know, uh, the trades that they made. They traded Kratzoff to Vancouver on Saturday. They placed Jake LeCision on waivers. They sent Braden Schneider down to the AHL. So they're, they're doing everything they can. Right, Chris Drury is doing everything he can as the general manager to clear up the cap space. Patrick Kane will be a Ranger. It's just a matter of not if, but when. And I think it will happen by uh, Wednesday when the Rangers do play the Flyers. So that's what we are waiting for right now. Uh, here's what happened last night. Senators beat the Red Wings 6-2. to two. The Canucks in overtime, a 5-4 win over the Stars. The Bruins beat the Oilers 3-2. to two. In that game, Connor McDavid scored two goals. Numbers 49 and 50 on the season. That's good. Let that sink in. He's got 50 goals already. He's on pace now to have well over 60 goals this season. That's something that hasn't been done. Like it, it, I saw he was on pace to score 67 goals, which hasn't been done since 95 Lemieux. Like that, you're going back a long way. That's unbelievable. He's a lock right now to win the Hart Trophy. A lock. And, and I know, like you, you can't give anybody a uh, a lock right now. But if you're looking at the odds to win the Hart Trophy, which is the NHL's MVP, right? Connor McDavid is minus four hundred to win the award. If I'm making this line right now, it's more like. Victor Wembenyana territory being the number one overall pick in the NBA. He should be minus 1,000, 2,000, 4,000. No one, there's no hockey writer that's going to vote for anybody other than Connor McDavid. They have to be blind or from Boston because they'll say, hey, David Pasternak having an incredible season. You see what Pasta's doing? Pasta's scoring a ton of goals and the Bruins are the best team in hockey. So we're going to get some dunking. And Pasternak's going to win the MVP award. That's the only way I see Connor McDavid not getting it. So, dude's been on an absolute tear. What an impressive uh, season, an impressive game from him. And this would be his third MVP award 
since he came into the league, he, he's putting himself in rarefied air. What's crazy is that he won the award a couple of years ago, and then the next year, his teammate won the award, <laughs> like Leon Dreisaitl. So, and why does a teammate win the award? Well, you're setting him up all the time, yeah. so you, you could have been, you could have gotten the award also. Uh, one other game last night: Avalanche a three nothing win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Don't look now. Okay. Actually, what you should look now. But Colorado has won six straight games. Uh oh. And seven of their last ten. You said they were dead. I said it was all about speculation about what ifs, what ifs. When they get healthy, they get healthy. By the way, they didn't even have Kale McCarr last night, and they still won. This might be they might be starting to look like the Colorado Avalanche that people are betting to be the Colorado Avalanche, right? You look right now at the odds to win the uh, the title. The Avs are the second favorite at plus six hundred behind the Boston Bruins. This play as of late. They have surged up the standings. Remember, it was a short time ago where I had said if the season ended on that day, the Avalanche would not be in the playoffs. Right now, the Avs are the second seed in the Central Division, just two points back of Dallas for first place in the Central Division. And because the Western Conference is literally all jumbled up, the Avalanche are only three points out of being the one seed in the Western Conference. Defending champions, one seed, Scott never believed in them. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Let's take a look at what we have on the schedule tonight. The Red Wings and Senators will play again in the same arena. McKenzie, when this happens in the NBA, what's the play? There's someone with a bad taste in their mouth, first period, first half, first period in this case. I would take the team that lost. Literally, best practice. the same two teams. In the same arena. Sat in the hotel, fumed. No day off. They play Monday night. Then they play again Tuesday night. Red Wings Senators. The Senators won last night 6-2. The Senators are minus 130 tonight. I think we go Red Wings. I think we go Red Wings. Or at least maybe Red Wings first period. Especially if you're going to get the plus a half a goal. Plus plus a half goal. Yeah, you can get plus a half a goal. You might have to lay like minus 115. But... Actually, let's see if we have that line available right now. If we go Red Wings first period, oh, my goodness. Plus a half a goal, Red Wings, minus 210. Oh. <laughs> what about just to win the first period, like money line? Mm. Or it's a push if you if it's a draw? Or do they have that? No, they don't have that right now. Uh, it'll be available later on today. But right, right now, the money line... Senators minus 130, Red Wings plus 110 on the comeback. A nice little 20-cent straddle, or 40-cent straddle, actually. Uh, the Panthers are at the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 165. Blue Jackets at the Sabres. Buffalo minus 220. Islanders at the Wild. Minnesota minus 135. The Penguins, who coming off arguably their most impressive win of the season with a 7-3 route of the Lightning. They're looking to carry that positive momentum over to uh, Nashville. They take on the Predators. They're laying minus 135 on the road. I think that line is a little bit juiced, uh, too much recency biased in there uh, because Nashville's won three straight games. I see no reason why they should be underdogs here to the Penguins. Uh, the Kraken are at the Blues. Seattle minus 155 as St. Louis just continues to lose. Uh, the Kings are at the Jets. Winnipeg minus 145. Blackhawks at the Coyotes. Mullet Arena. Arizona minus 178. Arizona's not good. This just goes to show you. <laughs> With the Blackhawks roster decimated by these trades, 
and them playing the second night of a back-to-back, Arizona laying 178? Sheesh. Uh, The Bruins also playing the second of a back-to-back. They are in Calgary to take on the Flames. Boston minus 125. Matt, can you do me a favor? Run run the query, because we've done the NHL system of teams playing the second game of a back-to-back on the road as an underdog. Right. But I'm curious, how do teams playing the second night of a back-to-back on the road, but they're favorites? So this is now two straight road games in two nights for the Bruins, and they're favored in Calgary. How do teams do in that situation? So they're favored. They're expected to win. Yep. They're 36-29 and 29 on the season. If you bet every single game, though, you'd be down 12 units. You'd actually have done better fading teams in this spot when you're favored on the road in the back-to-back scenario. Just because of the money lines. Yeah. Okay, it makes sense. How do they, uh, It's interesting. Um, Bruins, minus 125. Something just feels off about that. Uh, Canadians at the Sharks, final game of the night. San Jose, minus 160. Again, why is San Jose favored over anybody? Uh, this one, when you look at it, it might be weird because the Sharks are 18 and 30, and the Canadians are 25 30. So you're like, well, I mean, there's ties in there as well, obviously. So Sharks have uh, overtime losses. But these are just bad teams. The Sharks are favored after just trading Timo Meyer away, who was one one of their, if not top players. Little weary of betting on that team, especially as a favorite when they just got rid of such a great player. So we'll see uh, how that one unfolds, Canadians and the Sharks. Head on over to pregame.com and jump on board any season, weekly, weekend, daily package you have your heart set on. Plenty of great plays and packages available at pregame.com. College basketball heating up with the conference tournaments. We're getting into March Madness. Today is the final day of February, so tomorrow it'll officially be March Madness. Not February 29th? Well, that's next year. Oh. Yeah. My friend's birthday is on February 29th. He's like four years old. Yeah, <laughs> like six, I think. <laughs> or yeah, maybe eight. I don't know. Anyway, uh, use the promo code ICE20, I-C-E-20. And you know what? Might as well give out the other promo code as well, FIRE20. So if you've used ICE already, use FIRE. Push it up. Here's a question. Is your a friend, song of ICE and FIRE. Is your friend allowed to hook up with a legal age woman, or would that be statutory? <laughs> Half your age plus seven. That's the rule. Okay. So he's the six, rule, the rule. <laughs> three plus seven is ten. That's still illegal in most states, like that, besides Alabama. That, that, <laughs> that is the rule for men for, with younger women. Legally. Half your that's, age plus that's seven. That's the law. It should be the law. Oh, okay. But that is the, that's the rule. So if you are a 40-year-old man, the youngest woman that you can date is 27. That's absurd. Half your age plus seven. <laughs> it works out, though. Do the uh, math. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the older you get, the younger the women get as far as, you know, the the gap or whatever. But let's say you are a 30-year-old man. Youngest you can go is 22. That sounds about right. It's Of course it's right. (laughs) Of course it's right. It's science. (laughs) It is a proven science. Half your age plus seven. Everyone knows that. Everyone lives by the code. Live by the code, guys. Live by the code. Do you remember when Anna Nicole Smith married that? Yeah, that's a yeah. rule breaker right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's an unconventional like, finger right there. I feel like he made the right move. She was like, it, 
She was I way too like, young for him, but it was the right move for him. Did she, did she I feel like, it, money feel like it was the right move for her, too. Right? <laughs> it's the right move for everyone. <laughs> you know, she kind of cashed in there. Uh, Fire 20, Ice 20. Those are the two promo codes you can use at pregame.com. It'll get you 20% off anything you would like to purchase. For Mackenzie Rivers, A.J. Hoffman, and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.